Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about crafting for games. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're going to talk about crafting and how you can use some simple craft supplies to add some table presence to your game and maybe even make games easier to play. Can gaming be a gateway to being more crafty? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games and Grays Lake. Huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. This is four more episodes left, if I'm if my counting is correct. Including this one. Including, Including this, this one, one, yes. Yeah, so three more episodes after this one. Ooh, but there's still time. Join our Discord, which isn't going away. So you actually, if you're listening to this in the future, the Discord's probably still there. Come and join us. Um, you can also join the BGA group. <laughs> we will be starting a BGA tournament this week. Um, I'll probably give until Friday to let everyone join. And we decided um, literally moments before pressing record. And by we, I said, hey, anyone object to this game? No? Okay. Um, we're going to do Downforce, a simple little racing game that is easy to learn does not require any like complex strategies or anything like that. You just bet on the cars you think are going to win, and we play. We'll probably... <sighs> there was a slight desire for me to have this tournament finished by the time we do, did our last episode, but I've decided that that's okay. The tournament can run past the last episode, and that actually might not even be a bad thing. Um, but, of course, there will be participation prizes randomly drawn. Um, so come and participate, and all will be good. Link will be in the Discord by the end of the day we're recording. So by the time people listen to it through a normal means, you'll have a link in the Discord. Um, speaking of BGA, and I have to give credit to... I th- think it was christy um hold on now i feel bad um bga is starting their august of gaming every day there's a new game on board game arena and if you join every day um oh it was courtney and if you join every day and click on the little calendar button then you will get a badge that or a trophy or whatever achievement they give um and apparently these are super super only offered this time and i guess there's 31 different animal trophies so um and august 1st is already available because we're probably talking european time uh so as you're listening to this now if you listen to it in the morning quick go and click in bga otherwise you're gonna miss it uh but yeah do that. I'm actually doing that right now because I did not click on the calendar. Um, so you just go, you log in, and you go to the main page. And the main page on the right side, there's like this little summer of games 2023. And you click on the day, and that unlocks it. And the first one, oh, you get a cute little baby crab. Like, seriously, go click. It's not Santa yet because it's summer here. The summer of games 2023. Claws to the next trophy. Um, this is amazing. So, yes, do this. Katie, did you get your trophy? I'm trying to figure it. It doesn't work as well on mobile. <laughs> figure it out. Fletcher, get your trophy. This is a good reason for you to log in every day. Set an alarm. Okay. Uh, yeah, Man. so that is the super important announcement. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Gen Con. Gen Con's coming up. <laughs> I will be going. This is some good advice, and- Courtney. Log in to <laughs> BGA, click the BGA logo, then scroll down a lot. <laughs> <laughs> perfect 
yeah, so Gen Con's coming up. just to go to the computer. It was too much scrolling. I'm going to stand in line for promos. Um, I'm playing a three-hour Arkham Horror event, um, Arkham Horror the card game, just so I can get a an investigator promo, which is a humanoid slime investigator. So it'll be available in print, print and play, but um, I'm going to go after it. Lorcana, I'm going to play Lorcana. Um, bunch of battle tech. It's going to be good times. How was your guys this week? Hmm. How was my week? You know, it was really good, actually. We went to the Chinese festival. Was that what it's called? There's there's a Chinatown festival in uh, Chicago, and it China was Fest. like the McDonald's Chinatown festival. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess McDonald's was sponsoring it, but that was that was actually pretty fun. We went to that on uh, on Sunday. Ate a lot of delicious Chinese food, and what did we do on Saturday? I don't know. We went for a long walk for the entire day. That is a long walk. It felt like it. <laughs> Kitty, how's the babies? They're good. They're uh, getting bigger, doing, doing baby things. You doing know. baby things. It's not. Not rolling over. Rolling around, crying. Not yet. They're staying where Pooping. you put them. <laughs> they still stay where I put them. That is true. There is something nice about that. Yeah. The best is when they're staying where you put them and they're sleeping most of the night. Then it's just like, ah, uh, you have about, I don't know, four weeks of peaceful baby time. Yeah. Unfortunately, since they are preemies, they won't let me let them sleep through the night even still yet. So um, the longest stretch of sleep I'm allowed to get is six hours between feeds, which six hours sounds not bad, but it's between feeds, not between like you can let them sleep for six hours. So they take like an hour to eat. Jane's the most I can get is five hours, but they're choosing to do this sleep stretch from 9 p.m. until 1 a.m. <laughs> 2 a.m. No, 2. Whatever whatever that works out math-wise. Um, but yeah, they get up between like 1 and 2 a.m. Um, but I don't go to sleep at 9 p.m. So I don't get that sleep. I should go to sleep at 9 p.m., but I'm dumb. And my yeah, body doesn't let right me now? go to sleep till like 10.30. It's 9.15 yeah. right now. Yep, yep. So yep. Kitty is Spencer sacrificing is currently putting sanity. babies to sleep. Yeah, sacrificing her sanity for us right now. I appreciate it. Yeah, but I, I, I don't have that excuse the other six days of the week that I'm also not going to sleep at 9 p.m. Because <laughs> I'm just, I'm not wired that way. It's too early. I can't do it's it. It's way too early. I've been trying to go to, I've been trying to like in or go to bed earlier um, and it's go, having the opposite effect. Essentially, I've been going to bed at like three o'clock lately and it's just, it's, yeah, I should go to bed earlier. How are you trying to go to bed earlier? Are you trying to go to bed earlier by going to bed earlier? No, 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 because no. Because that doesn't I just work because you have to wake no, I just up tell earlier. Myself, no, I just tell myself no. I should go to bed earlier. And then I look at my watch and I'm like, so you're not eh. doing anything. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, because the secret yeah. to going to bed earlier is just start waking up earlier and being awake. And then your body, by the end of the day, is like, oh, man, I need rest. And that's how yeah. it works. Yeah, my body gets the second wind around 10 p.m. And then it's Not just if you consistently wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> I, well, I, I will tell that. you that for sure. If you wake up <laughs> at 6 a.m. every day, you'll find yourself going to sleep you earlier. <laughs> how many Diet Cokes are you drinking at 7 p.m.? Um, yeah. I usually switch to decaf by 7 p.m. 
decaf you still really has switch, caffeine. Uh, not in Coke. Well, decaf Diet Coke. Yeah. Oh. It's actually caffeine-free, but it's yeah. still not good for you. But I accept that it doesn't have caffeine in it. But you should make a switch, like, before 4 p.m. if you want to go to bed at a normal time. Whatever. I mean, I take my nap at, like, 6 p.m. Don't take naps. No, I need to take a nap. Otherwise, I can't go to bed <laughs> and I'm not functional. So, no, my... It's, no, so you, you don't know, take a nap and then you go to see, bed at 10. See, the, the words that you're saying... Are I want to go to sleep earlier, but also I want to be crazy, and they just yeah. are incompatible. I want to go so to sleep you earlier, do but your I drink a lot of caffeine. Thing, you know, do your do your lifestyle. That's fine, but if you want to go to bed earlier, that's the problem. <laughs> I think the theory is so. What I would like to do is. Actually, I don't know. I like, I sort of like my schedule. Like, I wake up. Fortunately, Sydney takes care of the kids in the morning, so I wake up around eight thirty. And I I don't know. It feels okay. I do like my nap, though. I like my evening nap, um, which, you know, depending on who you ask, naps are good for you. But, um, yeah. But anyway, that's not – that's beside the point. The point is <laughs> I have been crafting a lot, and that's what's been keeping me up this weekend. What uh, which a is great why segue. About <laughs> I know, right? I did finally – so I've been – Playing around with 3D printing inserts. And I've done a number of 3D inserts, um, or 3D printed components for games, but not like full inserts. And so for the Arkham Horror Card game, it has come out with like full box sets for each campaign. I'm like, oh, these would be perfect to actually make an insert for and like split everything up. So I've been playing with different dimensions and boxes and stuff for the last couple of weeks. And as of last night at 2.20 a.m., my first full insert finished printing and it's all nice and in the box and it's like it it looks gorgeous it's beautiful i'll post it in discord on the 3d printing channel um and yeah i'm super super happy with it now i just need to print seven more of them um they take about 12 plus another eight about 20 hours each to print um but they're super cool and they're totally worth it. So then I started making tokens for the same game, Arkham Horror the Card Game. Um, and then it got me thinking, hey, there's a lot of cheap ways that you can bling games with crafting stuff. And that's when I said, hey, do you guys want to talk about crafting? And then you said, uh, sure. I think that's literally what Kitty said. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. There was no just, yeah. There was yeah. no intonation, there was no, no question. inflection, no punctuation involved. Just sure. Yeah. Just sure. Just sure. Yeah. Fletcher said, I like it. Again, no punctuation, no anything. So we don't like punctuation. Hey, that's a lot more than what I normally do. I could have just thumbs up. Yeah, that's he could have just thumbs normally up. Normally you just, yeah, <laughs> normally it's just a thumbs up. Or like a ha-ha where it's like, wait a minute, is that a ha-ha good or a ha-ha bad? Uh, what, <laughs> are you laughing there? with me or are you laughing <laughs> at me? Yes. Um, so. Both. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Terrence asks, coin capsules for paper tokens. And yes, coin capsules are things you can do that are pretty cheap. Um, but, and uh, although some of that's on my list of um, things um, to make tokens out of, I'm not considering that a craft so much. Because typically when you get coin capsules, you will put the cardboard tokens that come with the game in the coin capsule. And then that automatically will bling it up a little bit, especially if you're drawing it from a bag or something. And it, you know, it just makes it a little bit cooler. Um, yeah, but I'd say that this this, this this is distinct from like, I can buy 
like upgraded game accessories. If it's like a thing that's made to upgrade games, like that's not crafting for games in my opinion. It's like different sides of the Venn diagram. And there might be overlap in the middle of like buying things for games that then you use to craft and like use those materials, not necessarily as intended to bling up your games, but yeah, different, different categories, I think. And it's because we've and, talked about like that said, before. <laughs> yeah, it, well, in coin capsules, like I said, those they're amazing. Like if you have one inch tokens, which is a co- pretty common circle token, one inch. Um, like for um, uh, Quacks of Quellenberg, right? Those tokens are a little weirdly shaped, but you can put them in a thirty millimeter coin capsule, and all of a sudden they have some heft to them. The problem with those coin capsules is they're a little bit bigger for the board, so you get a little bit of fiddliness there. But it still feels better to draw from a bunch of coin capsules versus a bunch of cardboard pieces um so yeah by all means sure yes coin capsules are cool uh we're going to try to give you some ideas that are outside of that also 3d printing is cool but i'm going to try to give ideas outside of that too because not everyone has a 3d printer um coin capsules are super cheap though so they're like a super super easy way to um like bling your game um but i would say that 3d printing is a separate um, it's still like a crafting thing. I still think it's a hobby, hobby thing, but it's um, a little bit separate from what we're touching today, which is, I think I described it as things you can do for your games with stuff that you can essentially buy from a crafting store, Michael's, Joanne Fabrics, that type of thing. Um, and then I don't go to any of those things. I just go to Amazon and that works. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's inside them? It's really fun to go to those stores and just like wander. Yeah. Chris yeah. used to do this. That's how he knows what to search for on Amazon. Because I it's, know, and uh, the container store too. Michael's, yep. Joanne, container store. Like you just wander those places. And like usually the price there is way more expensive than it needs to be, especially the container store. But yeah, great places to go for I inspiration lo- of like, what are things that exist? I love the container store. Joanne's and Michael's not so much because I'm not so much of a crafty person, but like for organization stuff, it's like, oh, I didn't know they made little tiny drawers that would like fit this thing. This is perfect. Yeah. I could put drawers inside my drawers. Hobby Lobby is another one. Thanks, John. Um, they're mm-hmm. all kind of the same um, vein. And I will say that the hobby stores for containers, especially for small stuff, they have a ton of much cheaper containers because they have containers for beads. And other little small crafting supplies, which are usually just the right size for what you might want for a board game where you want to put the little bits in a container. Um, so I recommend if you have a hobby store, you're like, oh, there's Joanne Fabrics and you're thinking that's a sewing store. It is. And there's lots of fabric in there. But there's a lot of other stuff that can like inspire you. From someone who sews, Joanne Fabric actually holds less and less fabric every day and more and more other stuff. That store is like maybe, maybe a third sewing supplies. And now it is like beads, it's scrapbooking, it's cake baking, it's fake florals, it's upholstery materials, there's canvases, there's paints, there's, I think they have a framing section now where you can go have your artwork framed. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, I love it. I love spending time there. I will. I can't be trusted in a Joanne, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there beyond what its name might suggest to you. 
Yep. So we're going to give some ideas. Um, I wrote a whole bunch of bullet points and we're just going to jump all around. But um, and, and, you know, just kind of things to think about and stuff that you could do for relatively cheap. Um, like I say, I don't think any of this, I've, I mean, you're talking like under 20 bucks for most of these projects and sometimes a lot cheaper. And then a lot of times you'll have extra stuff left over too. Um, one of the things that is sort of a staple that I've been using are one inch circle hole punches because you have so many things you can do by like printing out some images on a piece of paper and then using a one inch hole punch. Now you have a little circle piece of paper, but that by itself is just a little circle piece of paper. So what you need to do is you attach that to something else. And the things that I really like you that plus, um, and we were talking about pronunciation early, but epoxy dots. So one inch epoxy dots, you put those mm-hmm. on top of the one inch um, image that you punched out. And suddenly now you have this kind of like, you know, bubbled looking thing, but now that's super flimsy and light and not so interesting. So then you get double-sided tape in eight and a half by 11 sheets. And then you punch out an inch hole from those tape, the one side on the bottom of the, you know, so far the stack you've put, you have the epoxy dot, your printout, and then you have your double-sided tape. And then you put that on top of, it can be a wooden token. It could be a, a weighted uh, magnet or something because you can get like one inch. Um, I actually, you get say, one just inch. skip the middleman and just get the magnet sheets. You can just yep. get the sticky magnets and cut them to the right shape. Or you can sometimes even find just they the come one in inch one magnet inch. circles. Yeah, yeah, they come in one inch magnet circles too. And then you can put those on there. And even if it's not magnetic, it doesn't matter. It just it still gives you that it gives weight. It the weight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom! You have a token that you can use as a player token if you're you know playing uh, role playing games like washers if you really want it to be weighty. Yep. Yep. And stick it and Maybe yeah, just put and felt on the bottom too. Yep. And, then and they're, it's they're really slidey. <laughs> yep. And you have sticky felt as well. And again, mm-hmm. all of this can be done in one inch hole punches. So you punch out or the you felt. Can bust out the hot glue. Hot glue is our <laughs> best friend. Yep. Um, hot glue guns are, and they, they come in so many different sizes. Like, if you want to start crafting, I think the first thing you need to get is a hot glue gun, um, just so you can, you know, spray hot glue on everything, because that's actually quite fun. Um, Christopher mentions pennies or nickels. Um, and honestly, anything weighted. So you got to be careful the with coins. going to come for you, though. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful with coins because they don't conform to the one inch size. Um, but you can usually get like one inch washers, which you can get in in bulk for a couple dollars. You get like 50 of them, um, which give you some really good weight. And then if you want a double sided one. So if you look up burger tokens, um, those are epoxy dots with basically the images already on them. They meant to be double sided. They're the size of pennies. So you put a penny in the middle and they creates these really cool you know, solid feeling tokens that are double-sided. But you can do that for much cheaper if you just print it out, do some hole punches. Um, I have one inch, a one inch hole punch, a three-quarter punch, a half inch punch, a one and a half inch punch. And now just recently a one and I want to say it's like three-eighths or something like that. It's a 30 millimeter punch, which is another common circle size. At this point, so, you should just get yourself your own die cut machine. I'm surprised you don't already own one. <sighs> Oh, I don't know if I want to It seems like go. the kind of random thing that you would just own. And I'd be like, who owns this kind of thing? And then like, you'd be like, oh, I have one. Like, it just yeah. seems like you. 
<laughs> yeah, hole punches are a little easier. Thing, and, and, and Courtney agrees with me. Hole punches are a little bit easier. Um, but but I mean, they and it's much cheaper. Like once you have like the one inch punches, the hole punches aren't cheap. They're anywhere from like you know nine to fifteen dollars. But you're gonna use them forever. So that's not that expensive. Oh. Courtney just opened up a whole new door on this one because I completely forgot about the cricket machine. Oh, is that the? Um, I don't even know what that is. What's the cricket machine? <laughs> it's so you basically can cut out like anything out of um, like out vinyl of or basically, yeah. You so you can like you use their program on your computer to like design a page that it then like cuts out. It's a yeah, it's a die cut that is not limited to pre-cut shapes. So like, oh, it's um, like a CNC machine, but for yes, paper. but small for paper or vinyl, yeah. right? Um, and like you know, I'm anything gonna... you see that's like it, it, like Etsy stores that like, customize things, but it cuts it right. Yeah, it's got like a tiny little blade that cuts out right your things for you. So a lot of people like we'll customize like wine glasses or like you can do iron on stuff with t-shirts and that kind of stuff with um the cricket machine and so if you wanted to you could use your epoxy stickers and like cut out like layered shapes to go under them on top of your and like make some really cool tokens that way these look like they range in price from well i don't know what i'm looking at anymore but <laughs> from relatively cheap to relatively expensive that sounds right. Sounds sounds like a printer. Hopefully yeah. it works better than one. Like like from fifty to three hundred dollars, depending on features and size and and whatnot. Yeah, I've heard um, don't bother getting the fifty dollar one that it doesn't do very much. It's just like a gateway cricket that you're like, Oh wow, I should really just get the bigger get one. Get a bigger one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I think you and, can find them used relatively easily on like Facebook Marketplace and stuff. So if you want to like dip them. your toes yeah. in, because you get them and then you get sucked in and then like, you get oh, the wait. more expensive one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you think you need one and then you use it once and you're like, why do I have this? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And you didn't spend as much money learning this is not for me. But um, right. I don't have that problem with craft. I don't think I've ever met a craft that I was like, oh, no, this one's not for me. <laughs> you didn't want to get into. <laughs> now, so I did run into an issue with uh, what you print out, though, like the printout itself. Because if you have an inkjet printer, you can waste a lot of ink, like just printing full color pages. Um, I would not recommend doing that unless you have some kind of, you know, Terrence works at a printing shop, so he can do this. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's expensive to print with an inkjet. And so I got a laser printer, and the laser printer honestly <laughs> is worth the investment. I love this laser printer so much. But it also doesn't do great with photos. Like, it's it's okay. It, it, it's passable for it's sure. It's a color laser, right? It's a color laser. Um, yeah, and ink jets do better with photos. They, they typically they do. do. And you can get glossy laser paper, and you can still print out right. pretty decent quality. But then it occurred to me, Walgreens will print photos, four <coughs> by six photos, for like 28 cents. <coughs> mm-hmm. So what I did... Yeah is just put it together, put the token images I wanted onto a photo. And you'll have to have some kind of, you know, image editing software, but there's a ton of free stuff out there. There's so much um, free stuff. Yeah. So you you lay out the tokens on so on a 4x6 um, image, which resolution-wise, you want to do 300 dots per inch. So you're talking about 1,200 by 1,600 pixels if you're making an actual um, photo size. Take that to 
to Walgreens or whatever that's doing, will print cheap four by sixes. And that's a nice glossy print that you punch out. You put the glossy dot on top of it and it looks awesome. Cause Walgreens and CVS will print out and they'll do an eight and a half by 11 too. If you want to fill will, it up with, yeah. But the eight and a half by 11 is four bucks where the four by six yeah, you, is 28 cents. Oh, I so, see. So you, and if you're just going to do one inch or one and a half inch tokens, it's actually cheaper to do the four by sixes as opposed to doing do a bunch sheet. of those. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah. So it works. Yeah. Out. <laughs> last, I mean, I literally did this last night. I'm like, it was like nine to 15. I'm like, Sydney, I'm going to run to Walgreens um, and print some <laughs> pictures. And she looks at me. She's like, what are they're going to be close? I'm like, yeah, but. I have a bee in my bonnet at the moment and I just need to find out. So like I have actually found a manager to go and like get my pictures printed. And uh, he's, he's like, this is really cool. How'd you do this? I'm like, Oh, I just put it together in Photoshop. He's like, Oh, I was like, what are you doing with these? I'm like, I'm making tokens for a game. He's like, that's really cool. Like a board game. I'm like, yeah, like monopoly. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Chris, uh, you know, bring monopoly into this. <laughs> But but yeah, but if you don't have a really good printer at home or you don't have a printer at home at all, you can still like especially for making tokens with these little epoxy dots, you can make some really good quality stuff um by just printing out photos. Um you can so, also send it to Shutterfly. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can still do it. Something I recently learned from YouTube that I just thought about for this is um you can get a kiln for your microwave where you can melt what? glass in your microwave that seems safe um How it does, does that not work it's so it's like um like a ceramic thing right and it costs like 25 dollars. it's not that expensive and it has like a little plate inside of it that you can like put like glass bits on it so like you can take like oh like glass, glass beads? circle like- yeah and you can like add beads or like frit is what some of the stuff is called and you can like make a design and then you microwave it so you use like um a glue that will evaporate and then you microwave it for like 15 minutes like a really long like longer than you think you should use a microwave for i'm looking at this right now um you can get it on amazon large microwave kiln for glass fusion fusing 40 dollars, so 39.99 and yeah it's exactly that it's just like this circular plate Mm -hmm. that the people i saw play with it on youtube um you made it look very fun. I bet you could make some really cool glass tokens for games, like custom glass tokens. You really could. And and because the glass comes in little beads, right? When you're. You with can this get kind like discs. I'm sure you can get one inch discs of glass somewhere. These people had like, um, they're like squares, or you could like, I don't know, cutting glass is kind of fiddly. So I don't know if you'd want to do that. But I bet you can find like one inch glass blanks that you can yeah, put in Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, the price of microwaves <laughs> has come down over the last year because um, they were sky high for a little while. Um, so when you blow up your microwave, you can just get a replacement pretty easily. Or you just buy one that you use for this. You just have one this. you only use for this. I would <laughs> Dedicated, not do yeah. this. You just buy a $60 microwave. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You don't and want you glass And you put it in your garage and your... you walk away from it so that you're not <laughs> standing in the zone when it decides to explode. But yeah, also, Should... I'm not recommending this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done this personally. I just watched Evan just and Caitlin do it. it on YouTube. And it looked like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to check this out. And, and really, again, it's, it's $40. 
um, for this like little microwave kiln. What what's the size of this thing? Um, hundred and twenty five millimeters like across inches. So that's about six inches. I don't know. That was just my guess based on the the video I watched. Yeah. Like it looks it like is, about the size, like you hold it in two hands and it's a little bit bigger than like the circle of your two hands. Yeah. It's not precision, but it does make some really cool little patterns that they got on here as uh, demos. Um, for those who are wondering, no, I am not going to buy one of these yet. But now that I know it exists, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> He's not going to buy one of these today. Not at this exact moment. He hasn't already put it in his Amazon cart or he probably has. He just hasn't hit buy now. I, I added, I, I hit the save for later button. And then <laughs> um, one thing I will say, though, is worth buying. And I think that I, I will say I own one. I love it. That is a laminator. Mm, I also um, own a laminator. Just like yeah. a little one. Just a little one. Um, they're relatively cheap. Um, I just did a search for laminator. Nine inch thermal laminator, $30. Um, you can get... And that's nine inches wide. So basically eight and a half by 11 piece of paper um, mm-hmm. that you can laminate through these. And what ends up here is one for 20 bucks. So it doesn't come with the laminating paper or the sheets. You get that separately. And depending mm-hmm. on how thick the sheets are or and the different sizes, it'll be various prices. Um, There's usually three it, or five milli- millimeter. Y- <laughs> yep. I like five because I like the heft of it. The but three millimeter. Yeah, the three millimeters are completely fine. Um, and these are great for like re- reusing roll and writes, or if you want to um, laminate mm-hmm. a um, rules reference or a sheet or something. Like there's so many Score sheets, uses that so you many can. Things you can do. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, it's awesome. Like it's, yeah, mills, not millimeters. Um, it's definitely not. I guess not millimeters would be thick. really thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I blame sleep deprivation. Um, Moving no, on. I'm fine with that. But yeah, so, and it's like, once you have a laminator, you just find everything that you want to laminate. Now, um, And it warning. also is an extremely nostalgic smell. It does. It is. That heated it's, plastic. It's awesome. mm. <laughs> heated plastic. So good. It's like melted plastic going through a thing. Um, mm. I once laminated a, I think it was a ticket or a receipt of someone who like, um, it's like went to this event and had this ticket. It's like, oh, you can laminate <laughs> this and then I can like keep it for prosperity. Um, no, most receipts are, are actually heat reactive. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's how yeah, you print heat on transfer. So mm-hmm. if you laminate one of those, it just turns, turns all black. black. <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um, and oh, you can laminate larger maps. Um, I if you want like a poster map, you want that laminated, just bring that to a laminating shop because bring to Kinkos. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll be able to, it won't be super cheap, but it won't be super expensive. Um, but yeah, don't try to laminate posters. That's if you're wondering what you're trying to laminate is heat transfer, just take your fingernail off the corner and make a little line. And if it, it turns black, then, yep. then it's heat yep. transfer. <laughs> yep. So don't um, laminate heat transfer stuff. Also, they make little like corner trimmers you can get. So you can make oh, rounded yeah. corners, even if you cut the like something out of your laminated sheet. You can use your punch to so you don't have the pointy, harsh corners. Yep. Corner trimmers on everything. Mm. Um, like the that it makes everything like laminating something square or even printing something square, all of that's fine. But when you round the corners, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it looks it like looks it's so supposed to be there. Oh yeah. yeah, you. This is not something you made. This is yep. a thing. 
<laughs> now, I will say for lamination, when you're rounding the corners on a laminator, you want to cut the plastic, not the paper. Because mm-hmm. when you cut the paper, it will start to split because yeah. you'll get the plastic on top and bottom. So, yeah, cut the, the cut the plastic. You'll have basically a clear border around it. Um, you can kind of like see the bubble around like because usually you don't even want to trim like too close to the paper. You'll get into the air pocket around it. So make sure that the plastic's able to be com- connected all the way around. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, laminators are fun. I love them. Um, we talked briefly about magnets, but there's a ton of stuff you can do with tiny little magnets. Uh, I was looking, I was watching a YouTube channel on a terrain system, like a hex-based terrain system. And I looked at it just because I'm like, oh, I'm curious how he's doing his because I'm working on one myself. And the thing that, this is 3D printed, but you can you can kind of use this concept for a bunch of different things. Um, in the corners of each of the hexes, he put a little dot, and I think they're like uh, three millimeter um, holes. And slightly smaller than three millimeters when he printed them out. And what he would do is he would push in three millimeter ball magnets. And because they were balls, they could rotate around freely inside. And then you could like stick all of these hexes together and they were all being attracted by these different ball magnets inside of them. And I thought that was like super cool. Um, Otherwise, when you're dealing with magnets, you got to deal with polarity and stuff, the ball magnets and just a free roaming. You never have to worry about the polarity. So, but there's all kinds of things you can do with magnets. Um, You can make entire games with like the magnet one inch tokens. And then you get like a, a, dry erase board like a portable dry erase board and you can stick the tokens on the board i remember one of our listeners i think made a tiny santorini game with magnets for travel mm-hmm. yep i mean you can even do that with um so many if you could do like a magnetic azul and stuff like that oh probably yeah we're talking one inch circles but they also have one inch squares um and mm-hmm. and when I, whenever you have one inch some things you usually have things that are less than one inch too so you can have various sizes squares and circles yeah and hearts i think if you did stars. like half inch tiny azul that'd be really fun that would with be magnets yep um and then oh what was i thinking styrofoam is always a good one if you want to do like terrain um you can you know kind of use like a styrofoam and then styrofoam's a little tricky to work with because it will melt. Because it makes a gigantic mess. Yes. <laughs> um. It does melt. It is terrible for the environment and I think your lungs if you are melting it. Yep. Do but not if you're getting it. it for packing material anyway, eh, you know, because yeah. you can't recycle it. Then you're, styrofoam- then you're re... Well, you are recycling it if you're, you're using You're reusing. It for- yep. Whatever. So if, if you have part styrofoam... part of reduce, recycle, reuse. Yep. You can right use it. Right in the title. Uh, if you don't like using paint, like you can use regular brush paint or spray paint, um, you can get paint markers for a lot of this stuff. Um, they have one inch wooden circles. They have actually one inch. You have, they have wooden all kinds of different bits, but you can get like a pile of one inch wooden circles for just a few dollars. And then you can use paint markers to like paint them different things and, you know, Sharpies to draw on them. And you can make all kinds of interesting, fun tokens that way. Mm-hmm. Um, cardstock, you should get cardstock. It's a super useful thing. Or I guess, I don't know. I haven't played around with a lot of construction paper because construction paper to me feels pretty flimsy. Yeah. No, it's not what you want. You want cardstock. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least like scrapbooking enough. paper, like thick, nice paper. But yeah, I mean, there's so much you can do. And once you start. Construction paper too is also very prone to sun bleaching. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Materials that are 
not going to hold up long run. They're really meant for little kids to cut up. Cut and, out shapes and glue with glue sticks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And reading here. Uh, oh, miniature storage with metal sheets. Yeah, and magnets. So what you do there is you get one inch. Um, and there's a couple of different ways you can do this. But you get one inch circle magnets that are sticky on one side and, and they're magnetic. Um, and then you get just a sheet of metal. Uh, usually it's relative, it just it has to be magnetic, but it's not hard to find these. Um, and they're relatively cheap. And then you can put those on like the base of a, of a drawer of some sort. And then the minis can just stick to the metal and then you can literally pick it up, move it around. They don't jostle around or anything like that. And then since the miniatures already have magnets on them, if you're using them for like D and D or something, you can just take them and then put them on kind of a metallic board and they just kind of stick. It's, it's really kind of a neat little, uh, like system now you have to commit yourself to it like you're like okay i'm gonna go all in on this but these are crafting projects and if you're gonna do a crafting project you might as well go all in yes kitty's smiling and knowingly <laughs> smiling and nodding <laughs> um yeah so because these, these are all crafts that are like directly like for gaming bits but i do a lot of crafting like around gaming so i did a lot of like knit and crochet dice bags and things like that um and those are always super fun and i tell myself that it is worth it yeah courtney makes some really cool dice bags i think she sells hers too so if you are in for a dice bag jump on the discord and find courtney um she makes think there were some that looked like volcanoes that were really cool um so yeah. yeah Check, Check out. her out. She's she Which, does so much cool stuff. She also, um, John pointed out, just uses markers to color the sides of her tokens to match like the look of the game. So like you know whenever you see like the thickness on the side of the tokens, that's just like the plain cardboard color, like a gray she, cardboard color. Yeah, yeah. She'll like color them like green or orange to like match the game, yep. and it look it just I, like is a tiny thing that like elevates it so much. Yep. And you can use a Sharpie to do this, um, to color the sides of a token, mm-hmm. but honestly, a paint pen works better um, because it's thicker. You have to worry about it um, bleeding on the sides, though. You got to be real careful. Yeah. Yeah, it, and they it really will, depends like, on overspill the... onto the front of the token. Yep. Now, a lot of the time, um, the token will be glossy on the top and bottom. So as long as you have a cloth with you, you, you can, can wipe, wipe off it. the overspill. Um, as you mm-hmm. just do it quickly. Um, Christopher mentions nail polish you can do this with. Um, obviously, you can do it with like regular mini painting paints too but nail polish is much cheaper and includes a brush so it's a little bit easier to uh do that way and you can get super cheap nail polish like you don't need the good stuff you just need something that puts paint on it i should try it's got me thinking about my uv curing gel polishes though and what i could do with those (laughs) because those yeah are durable yeah, because then you could, um, especially if you're, so imagine that you have cardboard tokens. So again, I'll use Quacks as a as a default here. Those tokens, they kind of wear out over time because they're just, you're constantly handling them, you're drawing them. If you imagine coloring the sides of them, so the color of their tokens, so you like do a little nail polish or um, a paint pen or something, and then you use a clear UV polish over top of it, then it hardens and then you actually get a better feel out of it. And it's a little bit more protected from like the oils in your hands and stuff. I've not done this. Honestly, at that point, I would just go for like a UV cure resin, which you can just get on Amazon. Cause basically a nail polish is like a watered down UV cure 
resin. It's got like a little bit of resin in it, which is what um, makes it UV cure. But it's got other stuff in it too. But you can just get like a bottle of UV cure resin and a UV light. And uh, yeah. Is that something that's safe to handle though? Um, I mean, I think you need to work in a ventilated space and you need to... Wear gloves. Wear gloves. Um, I think you have to wash it maybe. I don't remember, but... Um, yeah, there's a, and they're, again, they're pretty cheap. Courtney um, hasn't a, used it on tokens yet. She doesn't know. I don't know if it would, because it, it's getting the cardboard wet. Wet, right. Too, so I don't know if it, like, warp it or mess it up. Um, but if you're making your own tokens, and you're yes. using something like wood, and then putting, like, UV resin to seal it after that, that might work very well. I yeah. don't, I and, don't know. I haven't done it. Resin is something that, like, I have some, I have come so close to just like going all in on like, I'm going to do resin crafting. And like, I have stopped myself because, you know, I'm moving. I have small children. You need a ventilated space. You need to like wear a mask, gloves. It's, it's a little bit more so intense. I would say a ventilated man, do space. do I want to go all in on it? Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can go extremes on this. It really depends on how often you're working with it. Like I wouldn't work with it for, you know, more than 20 minutes at a time without wearing a mask, but short stints, you're fine. Like when the 3d printer, that's all resin there. And I don't bother with a mask there. Cause I'm not around the fumes for more than a few minutes at a time. Um, but <laughs> miles is saying, no, I should always wear a mask. But, um, which he's right. He's the scientist of, of our group right now. It's but... not hard to wear a mask either, Chris. <laughs> it's like, it's it's just, why not? <laughs> what is the hard part about putting on a mask? That's not the hard part for me. The hard part for me is the, like, you know, storage and safe containment of these things that, like, would be yeah. in my house. But, yeah. Well, and there's also various um, types of resin, too. There's a ton uh, of so... different kinds, yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of different resins. Um, some of it's safer than others. Like if you're the stuff you're putting on your fingernails are probably very different than this because it's watered down. As you mentioned, you're supposed to be very careful to not get it on your skin because you will develop yes. an allergy to it eventually. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. really, there is just like, like oh yeah, it's look it's probably it. not good for you. But if yeah. you're doing it like infrequently enough, it's not going to be the thing that kills you. So yeah, <laughs> um, probably not. There's a whole lot of you know, but I still wear a mask while I do the solventy parts of my nails, just because. Once again, it's not hard. Why not? Well, Why we all have like two hundred left from the pandemic, so. <laughs> um, well, and and the thing is, like, just wearing a like a surgical mask really isn't enough because it's not no. blocking the fumes. You really need a respirator, which is and that when you once you start saying that, people start getting you know, look it up. Like, do your research on it. But I have it. one anyway, because I deal with lead paint in my home. So, <laughs> you know. If you are already had dealing with lead paint, then, yeah, get you your respirator. You probably already have the better respirator than you need, because I got the one that, um, because I was using the heat gun with the lead paint. And I don't think I was using it high enough to vaporize the lead. But, like, you know, once again. Why bother? Why, why risk it? <laughs> why risk accidentally inhaling lead vapor? Yeah. Which is very not, bad. Not great. <laughs> but yeah, yep. I would love to get into making resin dice because, man, that online content of people who make their own dice is so good. I, so just just to say, Miles says a minimum of a N95 half face mask um, when dealing with resin. Again, Miles is our resident scientist, so I'm going to throw that out there. Don't listen to me. Listen to the guy who knows. 
Um, yeah. Never as far listen as resin to Chris dice, about safety. No, <laughs> no. Um, as far as resin dice, I have no interest in doing that. I like watching when oh. people do it. I want to make them with dried flowers in them. They just if look you were, so cool. If, if you're making dice, I would I would come over and, and make a set. But um, I can't do that. Like, I can't now. But someday. That's going to be, like, my next big hobby that I take on is getting into making myself resin dice. But, like, that, I don't think you can do that with the UV resin. You have to do the poured resin, and then you've got to do the two-part, and it's, like... Yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of resin. So if you're getting into this, like, the resin you use for a 3D printer is... It's it's still UV cured, the 3D printer resin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's similar to the resin that if you just look for UV resin, that's like in a dropper bottle. It gives you a little mm-hmm. um, UV light with it. It's similar, um, but it's not the same. And then the resin that you see that's like on tabletops and stuff, that's a, that's a two-part resin, if I understand correctly, where you mix it together and then it cures. Um, and then it cures mm-hmm. clear. So epoxy. Yeah, the other so the epoxy dots are nice and flexible and easy and have no fumes. Um, epoxy resin or resin well, they're whatever epoxy dots because they are made out of the epoxy resin. Somebody has done the curing and dangerous part for you. Yep, and now and, turned them into stickers essentially. Yeah, and they're all perfectly sized, and you just peel them off yeah. and stick them on whatever you want. They're they're that's the, really the shortcut to this. So. The point is, you can go pretty deep. But you can't um, seal the sides with the epoxy stickers. But if you had that's true. your own resin, yep. you can so seal what I up have anything done, you want. Yeah, for a 3D printer, if you have that, what I have done is made um, circle rings that you can then put the tokens in. And you make them just a little bit smaller. There's a little lip on them, and you can just um, push them in there. And that gives the token a nice... Um, you know, weight to it. There's a colored ring on it. It seals the size at the same time. Um, but again, that gets into the 3D printer realm of things. So I do want to cover one other. Well, actually, any more interesting crafting ideas we want to throw out there? We talked about player tokens, um, briefly about inserts. Oh, poster board and a hot glue gun, and you can make your own inserts. Um, there's a lot of patterns online that you can use if you want to like do that, or you can just design your own. That's actually kind of fun to do. And the first few, you need an X-Acto knife, probably a cutting pad, um, some uh, quarter-inch poster board. Um, and yeah, you can just make your own ins- poster board inserts. Um, you will be terrible at it when you first start, but after a while, you'll be like cutting 45-degree angles and seaming things together, and it'll be like, man, this is so cool. Foam core, that's the word I was looking for. Um, like... Tons of cool stuff there. Um, Miles mentions you can print, like any of the print and play stuff, you can do like all these crafting things we've talked about. Like you print it out and then give some heft to it as opposed to just like, you know, paper. Um, Cereal boxes for terrain, as John mentions. Uh, Let's see. Paper craft for, there's a bunch of paper craft designs for like, terrain and buildings and things like that which are not that hard to do actually the first couple times you do them um you'll mess it up but it'll look pretty good um i said i put on here that you could actually scrapbook your gameplays and stuff like if you're into scrapbooking i'm not i like the more functional (laughs) components but could be fun you just want to make everything i just want to make stuff yeah board game geek i actually like a board game bullet journal board game bullet journal what (laughs) Bullet journaling is like somewhere between like keeping 
like a very boring calendar and um, scrapbooking where it's like taking like more mundane information and making it prettier. Um, there's a lot of different variants on how you bullet journal and stuff, but um, yeah, hmm. I, I, there is someone out there who already has a board game bullet journal. I'm for sure. Sh- I am certain of it. Yep. Um, all right. Google so it. we mentioned Courtney does this. Um, should you open up an Etsy shop and sell your crafting stuff on it? Your game craft stuff. I 100% get behind selling a digital product that you don't have to do very much for. I did not enjoy having an Etsy page that required me to like either like manage stock and like make things quickly and ship things because that was too much work for me. But like, if you want to the- treat it like a job, then yeah, go for it. But it's it you takes your hobby and makes it awful. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Not you guys ever watched that show? Yes. I watched the show. I didn't see one with. There's an episode where Vanessa. Penny makes like these little um, like bows or something. They're like bows or buttons or something like that. And she got an order for like 300 of them. So she mm-hmm. enlists everybody, and they're all just like gluing. <laughs> Penny blossoms. Making like this assembly. You can penny always blossoms, count on yes. our audience to know <laughs> what me and Chris do not. And they're selling them for like $2 and they spend like all night making 300 of these penny blossoms. And they're like, we made $28. And they're like, this is not worth it. Yep. That's that's my thing. So um, if you have a 3D printer and you you know have something that you can sell and you can print in mass, um, maybe that might be worth it. Um, it's... It really just depends on the value of your time and materials versus what you're selling them at. And mm-hmm. if you're doing it because you enjoy doing it and it's like, okay, I'll throw these up here and you know see if people want to buy them, great. If you're doing it because you're making them on demand, um, you could, oops, be too successful and... You need to manage get- your like inventory and stock in a very realistic way, like... Yeah, You know, if you, you can't just put up like, oh, yeah, I've got like a hundred of these that you can just get if you're going to make them, you know, like that's not sustainable. But like if you have a hundred of them already made, then go ahead, throw up a hundred inventory on there. But uh, yeah, like when I was Courtney's crocheting things something. and selling them, I know. <laughs> and I'm waiting she for keeps, her. She keeps typing and then taking it back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I so I had an Etsy shop back before Etsy, it's and Etsy has changed. You've got to be very careful because a lot of Etsy stuff is just um, drop shippers now who will like buy a thing from like Alibaba or AliExpress or Amazon and just sell it to you and pretend that it's handmade. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Courtney <laughs> recommends being really bad at marketing so that you don't have to make stuff too fast. <laughs> Um, which was something that I really relied on when I had an Etsy shop. But yeah, um, when I, I would sell like crochet dragons and other like creature things. Um, and it just, it, it stops it being as relaxing a hobby for me. Like it, it made it stressful and I didn't have as much fun doing it. It, and it never, was going to be something sustainable to make it my full-time job. Like, if you're going to make it your full-time job, then, like, know that it's going to be work and it won't be your hobby anymore. Yep. So, 
but like yeah i think the the way to do things on etsy now is um a hundred percent digital download stuff so if you can create like if i had made a dragon crochet pattern instead of a crochet dragon i don't have to do any maintenance or upkeep on that i don't have to make a thing and ship it out if you can make um so like the people who are selling patterns for inserts if you can design a good insert and just sell the digital pattern for that those kinds of things if that's fun for you to create the digital project product and then just like put it up there you know that's just like passive i 100 percent think that's a great idea just know that anything that you try to monetize is going to be very hard yeah i think that i i think i completely agree with you because i have always had this like oh i have a couple 3d printers i can have them running i can like pay them off by selling stuff that i'm making the problem is exactly what you're saying is it becomes work and it stops becoming fun and Mm -hmm. You know, the hobby in general is like you want to keep it fun. And once it starts becoming not, you have to get paid for that. So if, for example, if I'm making, uh, so I'm making these box inserts for Arkham Horror. If I was to put that up on Etsy, I'm pretty sure I could sell them. But it takes about 20 hours to print. And that's if nothing goes wrong. It takes about 20 hours to print a full insert. And then what am I going to sell it at? Like, I'm not working that 20 hours, but there's material that goes into it, about $20 of material that goes into it, not counting the machine cost, um, plus the packaging and the responsibility of something's broken, replacing it and things like that. What do I have to charge to make that worth my while? And if you're talking about the materials are $20, typically you at least need to double the cost of the materials. So then that's $40. So now I'm making $20 to add this stress to my life for like, and I can't. Like, what am I making, $20 a day tops on a single printer? Like, it just doesn't seem worth it, right? So you have to do that math and really think it through. Uh, But if you do come up with something cool, like the STL files, which are the 3D printer files, those might be something I could throw up on Etsy and say, hey, this is my insert. This is what it looks like. And here's, you know, $15 and the STL files are yours. That might be worth it because that doesn't cost me anything. And then I get a return on the work of putting that STL file together. So I like that. That's a, maybe I'll do that. Courtney also um, shouts out Go Imagine, which I just checked out real quick. Um, And it is actually handmade goods. And um, it looks like they have a much better pay structure and they give their end of the fees to charity. So if you're looking for handmade crafts to buy on the internet, check out goimagine.com. That sounds cool. Um, yeah. Chris Fletcher, will link it in the you- show notes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, fine. I, now I have to put it in here. So I remember to do it. I love saying um, you're going to do things. <laughs> let's make work for Chris. Um, Fletcher, have you learned anything about crafting? I learned a lot about crafting. Today I learned that you can microwave glass. <laughs> Man. And they can't kill. I had no idea. I I did not either. And I, I'm not sure I was supposed to know. Um, I'm really not sure. I don't know how you do I'm not sure for I gaming. was supposed to know. <laughs> I mean, it just seems cool like dangerous knowledge to yeah. be out there in the world. But yeah, I really um, want to mess with it. But I don't. I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> um, Michael just mentioned foldedspace.net, um, which is a three... Well, it's it's basically foam core 
the do-it-yourself form card. They send it to you, you, you punch it out, so it's flat. It's kind of like, you know, any of the you know, balsa wood things, but this is foam core. You punch them out, you put them together, a little bit of uh, normal glue works for these, but hot glue I think is better for the foam core stuff. Um, and you can get pretty cheap stuff. And what they're sending you is, I believe it's um, laser cut. So you're not cutting anything out, but it's still flat. So you're, you're separating them from the core, um, which honestly, that wouldn't be a terrible system once you have it set up. But again, you have to really kind of go all in with it because you have to constantly, if you're doing an insert company, A, you're going to go out of business within a year because that's every company does. Um, and B, you have to constantly be making new inserts for new games, which means buying games, which means maybe you sell enough inserts to pay back the cost of the game so you can actually make that insert. Um, so yeah, support some of these insert companies so that they don't go out of business and that's a net positive so, there. I was thinking since there's a lot of like stuff with inserts and trying to, you know, bling out the box. Um, the only crafting thing I think we have in this house besides, you know, scissors and a hot glue gun <laughs> Uh, is a sewing machine. And I'm trying to think, what are things that you could do with a sewing machine for gaming? And the only thing that I've managed to come up with is like, well, you could make pouches for things. You could make pouches for things. And if you have a, you know, a little bit fancier of a sewing machine, it might have an embroidery option. And then you could embroider (laughs) the pouch with the component name. I like it. I like embroidery in general. I love anything embroidered. But I don't know how, like, I'm trying to think of what else could you use a sewing machine for besides making pouches for game components. So I'm actually impressed you have a glue gun. Um, I am going to plug a friend of mine's company that she works for, Surebonder, um, S-U-R-E, Bonder. Um, and they have a small glue gun. I have They, they have a few sizes, but um, I have their small one and their large one. But the small one I use almost all the time. It's $3.50. Um, at Walgreens or Walmart.com. So like I have, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of tools, but in terms of like crafting stuff, I mean, it's all Carmen's, you know, she yeah. has fabric, scissors, hot glue gun, uh, all the other things. Yeah. Like it's impress. It's, it's surprising how often I'm like, Oh, uh, let me go get the hot glue gun and I'll fix that. Like, it's surprising how often that comes up. Um, like it's not every week, but I'd say every couple months I'm like, Oh Yeah. I, we have a hot glue gun. Let me go fix that. And then you can get stuff with glitter in it. And if you're going to work with glitter, you can also get different it's best to be in glue. glue. Uh, they when, have colored uh, glues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When does uh, crafting turn into woodworking? Crafting and woodworking are essentially know. the same thing. Woodworking is just an advanced uh, version. Is it an advanced version? Or is it just like a sub like category of crafting? I, I would call it a craft. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you're crafting. It's yeah, kind of like any of these crafts, like, because, you know, sewing is one of these things, too, where, like, it can go from, like, craft level sewing to, like, this is my job and I'm, like, an expert in this field, which I'm not saying a that master. about myself, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. To be, to it's be very clear, It's the difference clear, between a crafter and a craftsman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, honestly, there's a fine line on some things, especially for some of the woodworking stuff. You know, once you start laser cutting wood and and gluing it together and tacking it and stuff like that, I mean, you're essentially... Or make, making a boat. 
Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, if I looked at like a rocking chair that somebody had made in their garage with their tools woodworking, I would call it handcrafted, you know? Yeah. I would now, use John that word. John does say that carpenters are all up in arms right now saying, no, <laughs> what I do is not crafting. Um, I would say they are craftsmen. They, that craftsmen, is like, yeah. you know, but. There's a difference between carpenters and, and like woodworkers though, right? <laughs> there are, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and this, I mean, we're not trying to belittle anyone's career. Honestly, the stuff you can like, people who can make no. their own furniture and stuff, it's amazing. <laughs> like, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, you just don't need to jump to that level, right? Start start making no. just a box with six sides and, and go with there. If you have a lid that can like attach, awesome. You you have a start. Um, any any craft can be taken to a very skillful level, really. I mean, like not I guess maybe not every craft, but like most crafts there's somebody out there who like makes a career doing it yeah so well, your little microwave kiln the examples are like earrings and stuff jewelry a jeweler a jeweler could 100 percent. but i mean like a jeweler doesn't need a microwave kiln because they probably have exactly. a legit kiln and like you know like the little things that they're they're gateway crafting until you get to the insane level like yeah and yeah, like I love to take things to the crazy level, which is why I try not to get into too many crafts. Um, and I had to give up pottery when I started pricing out having my own gas kiln in my garage. And <laughs> Spencer was like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, you know. Just go buy some dishes. <laughs> it's not the same. I miss doing pottery. Pottery was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Well, and that's the other but thing, too. I don't is you live just by take- a place anymore. Yeah, you can just take classes for a lot of this stuff too. If you want to get better at something, you know, see if there's well, a class in your area. Well, I lived in the city of Chicago where I could walk to a place where I didn't even have to take a class anymore. I was just allowed to do open studio time and I had access to I had to, you know, buy my own tools and clay, but they let me use all of their glazes and kilns and they would do the firing process for me. I just had to pay a fee for that. That was amazing. But now that I live out in the middle of nowhere, that is not a service available to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is why I started pricing out kilns for my garage. And I was like, no, no, can't do it. (laughs) My advice, though, (laughs) is if if you don't think you can do it, um, but you're curious and you want to, just try it. Try Um, it. You're going to be terrible at it when you first start, but you're going to learn as you go. And you might find this a whole lot of fun. Um, But... Or you can stick to the simple stuff we were talking at the beginning. One-inch punch, one-inch epoxy dots. Um, oh, I do want to say one other thing is there's a lot of, like, one-inch double-sided glue foam dots. And those are really <laughs> nice, too, because they have, you know, glue on both sides. You can stick things together, and they add some depth and stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's a ton of stuff you can do with that. Add some coin capsules. Um, hot glue. Craft. Crafts. Craft. Build terrain. Even if you don't need it. Oh my gosh, we didn't even get into leather work. I know. I did leather working <laughs> as a kid. Honestly, when I was growing up, my dad had like a leather working kit. And I My dad did too. Like, I don't know, maybe it was just a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, we made belts and mostly just maybe belts. Maybe it's popular in the sixties and seventies for some yeah. reason. Oh yeah. Um, um and then the smell of like that. raw we... leather. Yeah, where you like just like punched holes and basically like sewed the pieces together, kind of. Yep. Yep, you had like um, rivets or like rivets and hole punches. 
yeah, cut rivets and hole punches were basically the the leatherworking kit. Um, it's like, all right. I think we put in some grommets too, but that might have been off book because we had a grommet punch thing for um, costuming when we were making Renaissance Fair costumes and you had to do lacing. <laughs> yep. So, no, we it's- had a lot of crafting stuff in my house growing up. And um, I'm looking around my studio now, which is just strewn with way too much crafting material. So. And I think it's a great thing. I mean, it's just in general, a good skill to have, not necessarily that, oh, look, I can make, you know, board game tokens, but the idea that I can think of something and then go and try to make it. That skill is useful. And it's just, it's something that everybody can, you know, benefit from is like, you know, and just knowing how something's made, knowing that it's, it's like, okay, that I've done it. I know it's not worth my time. So I'm going to go to Etsy and someone else who's it is worth their time because they have a system and a process i'll get it from them right um but i think there's always benefit in knowing how to do something and like having done it um versus just watching it on youtube which is fine too but put your hands on it careful to not fall down the rabbit hole of well now i feel terrible about buying fast fashion so i go to stores and turn clothing inside out and think i can make this myself and you no longer (laughs) buy clothes you just uh, wear your old clothes into oblivion while thinking that you're going to make yourself new clothes and then uh, until your wardrobe falls apart. Yeah, not that I know certain... anyone who has that problem. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> how, how are your socks? Um, Non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> it's summer. I will barefoot. Fair enough. All right. You know, I, I, think... I made, I crafted two human beings this summer. There so you go. That's, that's a big one. That was enough. <laughs> That is a pretty big one. All right. Let's stop torturing people. Get us out of here, Kitty. All right. That's my job. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud (laughs) member of the Dice Tower Network. We have a Discord. Join us there to continue the conversation and be part of our live recordings. It's also where you'll find an endless stream of games you can play with us and other listeners on BGA. Links are in the show notes, or you can go to tabletopgametalk.com to find out more. Hosting fees and giveaways are, have been sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Emil Jiljam, Dean DeHersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Cercelli, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Jossi, Token Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, Old Sci-Fi, a.k.a. Tim, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Arid Moore, Don Kilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Hoffman, Jason Ronnie, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Whitman, and Michael27. Thanks to anyone who's ever been a patron. You mean the world to us. You really do. Uh, Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So speaking of crafting, and it feels more like a craft than a technology, um, I'm holding up a the top of a stack of blank CDs. I've recently bought <laughs> a CD burner, not even a DVD burner, a CD burner. Um, what, you bought one? I bought one. Is it 1997? 
It, I know. That's exactly. Um, so my in-laws. Are you going to rip it, mix and burn your tunes and I, hand them I out to did, your friends? Sort of. So my in-laws don't understand. I don't even know what I would play it on. I, well, that's the thing. I didn't have anything to do it with. But they have a CD player in their car, and they were going on a long trip. And they're like, they, they like, oh, do you have any like books on tape? I'm like, well, first of all, nothing comes on tape anymore. Um, but like, we have MP3s. It's like, oh, what's an MP3? We don't have an MP3 player. I'm like, yes, you do. It's in your pocket. But okay, I don't know how to describe that to you. <laughs> so I bought the CD burner and the stack of CDs. And I think the total was like, Twenty dollars for all of this stuff, um, and I had I burnt a disc, a, C, a MP3s on on a CD, and that you know I put it in their car, and it just plays MP3s. Like our car plays MP3s. I'm like, yes, it's just a file format. Now yeah. it's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they so, have like a six six CD changer? They Even it doesn't. It's just the one. An, my mom is still on an iPad iPod Mini, but at least she has adapted to that technology. Yep. Nope. They I were not there. My, when my parents bought a new car, I think in '92 or '93, they opted for like the CD option. So it had a tape deck in the front, uh, but in the back, in the trunk, I yep. don't know how much they paid for the upgrade. It was a six CD changer mounted like in the trunk. So you had mm-hmm. to like remove like it, it was where like the spare tire was. The long cable going <laughs> all the way. So the, the the only good part was like you could put six CDs in at once and then cycle through them. But like if you wanted to change it, it was like a big hassle. We had a six CD I, well I went right after that, six CD in the dashboard and I thought that was like the most amazing thing. Um my mom must have been in between you guys because she had it in the center console of her car. Yeah. Where you had to open up the center console and then there was like a book thing that you took out that had the five CDs in it. Yep. Yeah, that was like it was like a book thing with six CDs that you had a stack in there and then you could load it in. We also, <laughs> this is getting so long for an afternoon. <laughs> this is a good topic though. <laughs> but we had, um, it was like the fake cassette tape that had the cord yes. that could plug into yes. your iPod. So I was going to mention that. Yeah. When you don't have the cassette player, you couldn't use it. And I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> and then you had to get the, um, oh my gosh, what was it called? It connected to your iPod and the, it would interrupt a radio station. Oh, oh it would broadcast like, like a little local radio. A little yep. yeah. local radio. Yeah. So you had to go to like the lowest radio 88. station. 88.1 right. FM or right. something. Yeah. 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 Like 87.9. <laughs> it, it sucked because, you know, when I was like in high school and college, if you had a car that was too new, it didn't have um, a uh, a cassette deck in it. Mm-hmm. And yep. of course, there was no hookup for an iPod. So then you had to buy a crappy, like, little radio broadcaster, and those sucked. It didn't those work. Those did not work very well. So you burned your own CDs. And I still, like, have associations where, like, I'd burn my own, like, CD mixes. And, like, so there's songs that, like, when I hear a song now, like, on Spotify, yeah. whatever, like, normal, it, like, immediately starts playing some other song in my head that used to be <laughs> the next song on my CD mix that I <laughs> that made myself. Would- yeah. That you would grab from your CD holder that was on your visor. So you can put it I in. did not have one. Of the, I had the book in my door pocket. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. I, I mean, honestly, burning CDs, it threw it back. And and it's really easy to do. I don't know why my computer knows how to do it, but literally you can do it from the file manager now. You just I like mean, yeah. right click on the file, never burn hard. a CD. <laughs> it just stopped being worth it. I'm just you can amazed just do that, it with your like, phone. It still does it. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Moral of the story is your phone does all of this now, period. Yeah. And my car has a hierarchy of phones and it knows that it's my car. And if I'm in the car, (laughs) it connects to my phone first. And Spencer's phone is pushed down the list. (laughs) I live in the future. (laughs) We all live in the future.